What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the Psalms. That's right. We're going to take a look at the book of Psalms in the Bible, the origin of them, what they mean, and so much more. So often people ask me how to pray and how they can enrich their prayer life. Well, prayer begins with the foundation. That's scripture. And there's no greater book in the Bible than the Psalms to teach you how to pray with the heart. This is uh, a very interesting episode. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, understand the Psalms, but the the story behind it, the rich tradition behind it, the beauty and how God inspired so many people over the tradition of the Jewish faith to, to write this book, it's really powerful. It, it actually illustrates and, and illuminates a lot of how we pray with it. No, it's so true. And each and every day, you know, priests, religious and laity for, you know, from the foundations of, of the Psalter. Uh, in the practice of our faith as, as consecrated, uh, you know, in, in the church, we pray the Psalms every day, you know, and, and there's monasteries around the world that, that pray and stop and, and, and read through all the Psalms in one day yeah. and pray them from the heart. So, it, you know, we're going to dive deep into this, you know, the history of the Psalms, who wrote the book of the Psalms. There's a lot that we're going to touch on, but, you know, the Psalms for me, guys, is, this is my, the depths of my prayer. Like no matter what I'm suffering, God addresses it through the Psalms each and every time. I've always been addressed by, by this book in the Bible. Yeah. I think it's a lot of people don't look at how fundamental the Psalms are to prayer life, to the Christian prayer life and to our faith fundamentally, whether it's in our liturgy, that there's a Psalm at every mass, whether it's the liturgy of the hours that are based on Psalms, whether it's the rosary, that was a simplified version of the Psalter originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much of our prayers, music, and thought are are influenced by the Psalms, uh, and I think it'd be good to explore them. So that's what we're covering mm-hmm. this topic today. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing before we get into it, I want to make sure that you go to catholictalkshow.com and you subscribe, uh, join our mailing list, you'll get notifications whenever we release new stuff, or what can they do right now? You know what's cool is, like, the Psalms were really accompanied by the harp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sound of a bell, too. Oh is music to our ears. So before you go any <laughs> further, subscribe, click the bell, give us that little <clears throat> ding. Somebody need to do it. Somebody <laughs> once told me you need to subscribe. So yeah. 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 All yeah right. So that's yeah, basically that's it, you know, if you're on YouTube. <laughs> if you're on YouTube. If you're on YouTube and stuff. If you had Podbean, you know. I don't Podbean, know. yeah. I don't you... know what the sound, I don't know what the subscribe sounds like. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like the ends of the Psalms, you know. <laughs> uh, so let, let's get into the, you know, the Psalms here, right? Um, even the word Psalms, the Psalms, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a strange word, but it, it goes back to the Greek word, which basically just means a song meant to accompany a lyre, right? Or a harp, right? So a lot of these songs, and well, fundamentally, if people don't realize this, the Psalms are a book of songs. It's basically your songbook that the ancient Israelites would have used, mm-hmm. written by... David and Solomon and and a lot of, you know, for the majority of written by David, but it was a song book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is every type of prayer in it. It's maybe the most human book mm-hmm. of the Bible because it's the inner workings of a person's 
soul and spirit crying out to God through mm-hmm. music and song. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is, it's not to say that it wasn't recited. Most definitely it was right, recited. Sure. But you think about like songs that you can call up to memory from your childhood and you remember them well. There's, there's no greater effective way to memorize things than to set it to music. Mm-hmm. And the passing on of these biblical roots of the prayer of the people of the Old Testament this is it. Like this, these are the prayers that Jesus himself said. Mary knew them. Joseph knew them. You know, like the people of of you know God, the children of Israel. Th- this was the heartbeat of their pray prayer daily. So you know, to participate in this is is in the sense of like I'm doing what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing what the saints have done throughout the past two thousand years of the church. Yeah. You know, Saint Thomas Aquinas. You know, Saint Bernard. All these saints have prayed. These these very prayers. Yeah, I had the privilege of going to the synagogue when we when we were in Jerusalem uh, for our anniversary, and they sang the psalms there, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. Oh, it was it just is. like really cool. It was in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were saying, but they they prayed it for probably twenty minutes. Uh, you, know, you know, thinking of thinking of that because I've had that experience too. When you're hearing the cry in Hebrew mm-hmm. to God, and it's rooted in in you know the expression of the psalms. Isn't there something that's like guttural? Like yeah. you're, you're hearing it, like you're expressing, like this 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 sense of like crying out to God. That's why the Psalms are very very helpful in the spiritual life to to get to that point of the heart mm. and expressing it. But singing <clears throat> it, it's it's what Saint Augustine said. You know, it's, it's two times more powerful. You know, pray, but singing is praying twice, as as Saint Augustine said. He said, pr- "He said singing well is praying twice." <laughs> he didn't say singing; he said singing well. So, Howard, you're not allowed to. So, sing if you the sing songs. poorly, it negates the prayer. Yeah. I think it's I don't know. Half, I don't know if it's a half. It's prayer. a half prayer. You yeah. still get some credit. <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> no, I told the lady at mass this this past weekend. She's like, you know, Father, I don't sing. You have you have a beautiful voice. I don't. Sing. I said, God gave you that voice. I've always heard this. Give it right back. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, thanks. I'll put this right on the fridge. It's your fault, God. I'm doing my job. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> you didn't do yours. <laughs> There's 150 Psalms, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's a nice even number. And traditionally, the book of Psalms is broken into five primary sections, right? Uh, book one through five. So you'll have Psalms one through 41, 42 to 72, 73 to 89. So you have like basically five little collections of psalms that make up the whole book. So it's like, now that's what I call psalms one through five, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> were these like, were these historically written at different times or yeah. are they, because I know the the Hebrew language is very beautiful in the way that they allow symmetry and some of these other things is, where, where does that fit in? in, the, in the? You're right. So they were written all throughout. This is a compilation of the tradition of essentially liturgical music in the Old Testament world, right? Mm-hmm. From, like you think of a hymn book today. Yeah. Well, that's really what it was. Yeah. It was a hymn book. I mean, and you'll even see some of the Psalms will say, for the choir master, to be played with, you mm-hmm. know, the lyre, right? Mm-hmm. For the the, the um, memorial celebration. I mean, it, there'll, there'll even be directions at the beginning of these Psalms what they're to be used for. So it very much is like a mm-hmm. hymn book. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were written throughout, you know, many Thousands hundreds of years, of years yeah. right? But towards the end of uh, the Babylonian captivity and the second temple period, they, w- they would have been more neatly condensed into those. Here's the 150, broken into five, second, five sections to, um, uh, 
to mirror the first five books of the Bible. You know, they like to keep Torah, that kind of yeah. yeah. They like to keep that mm -hmm. kind of numerical symmetry yeah. in their organization. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we have 150 prayer beads on the rosary mm -hmm. still to this day, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. or 150 Hail Marys. Yeah, when you look at when you look at the Psalter and the Greek Psalter around means the stringed instrument used for the accompaniment of such songs or psalms, and then the Hebrew name for the Psalter is Tehillim, which means hymns, and when you when you see where it comes from, a lot of times I, I know for many years myself I always thought, oh yeah, that's King David, mm -hmm. right? But there are so many authors of these of these uh, expressions of prayer, and you know it's helpful to realize that in the practice of our faith as God's revealed word, you know this is being inspired in the hearts of people that are articulating, living out the Torah, living out the law. This is the articulation of living the faith and responding to God. And I think it's mystical in the sense of it doesn't just come from one author. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes from you know a multiple group of authors from different perspectives and charisms. And how appropriate is that? Because we have so many charisms in the church. We have different spiritualities. You know, each of us have a, have a different charism, and we we feed each other and we support each other. So you know, looking at these authors, I think it's really important to note that. Yeah. yeah. So some of those authors would be well, obviously David. David. David yeah. wrote. Here's something that's pretty interesting. I think David's whole ascent, and you know, the line of right through Christ goes through David. And it all goes back to his musicianship, right? Mm -hmm. So how does David come into power? He becomes the favorite of Saul. He becomes a general. But why does Saul ever even get David involved in his inner circle? Because Saul was going through it, having a rough time. And he's like, man, I wish I knew that someone who could play a mean liar, right? I'm looking, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking for the Hendrix of the liar, man, to just come out here and just kind of light it's me like up. like the first Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so so they go, the they're like, well, I hear this dude, Jesse's got this kid who can shred, right? This guy, you know, he's Phrygian dominant all day long, right? So they go, cool. So they bring in this shepherd kid to play liar for Saul. If you ever write a, a Bible... I, I would just love to get your translation. Of that. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's a, yeah. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It's the, the Broble. So what happens is then, so Saul, you know, asked for this mm. shepherd boy to come play liar. And then, you know, things happen. And yeah. now we have Jesus from the line of mm -hmm. David, right? <laughs> but it all goes back to his musicianship, <laughs> right? That he was a musician. What a you know, birds and the bees kind of uh, explanation that was. Things happen. Things happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when a man loves a woman, you know, <laughs> they put on some sweet liar music down there. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. So no, so he he plays liar. Yeah, and he, I think David fundamentally, you know, from being a king and a prophet and all that, he was also a musician to his core. He was a warrior, a king, and a musician, mm -hmm. right? plays the liar, wrote 73 or 75 of the Psalms, but he even comes into his role through his role as a musician. I think that's pretty cool, and I think mm -hmm. his association with the book of Psalms makes even more sense when you consider and, that. And it's mm -hmm. the lion's mind. I mean, it, it, just about half of the Psalms are yeah. you know, attributed, attributed yeah. to David, 73 in total. And you know, when you look at David's life, how fascinating. Right, what he experienced, the simple beginnings to the most complex situations, what he suffered, recognizing his sinfulness, recognizing his enemies, his own faults, all of these different things are captured in his expression to God. And it's it's amazing to follow David's path, but a lot of times I find I find great resonance uh, in in communion with his with his personhood in the in the scriptures. Yeah, and, and one of the things I love about being Catholic is this whole phenomenon of us like drawing from 
all the historical components of what we're reading, it fills your heart even more, right? When you, yeah. when you understand all these things, I just think it's, you know, a lot of people treat the Bible like it just dropped from heaven and you just open it up and then there it is. And we need to like, listen to this. But when you actually pull all the contextual stuff of Israel and the, mm -hmm. the things that went on right over history, it is a very fascinating approach mm -hmm. to entering into God's word. That's true. So what did the Psalms originally sound like, right? We don't know. There was no way of writing down music. There's no recording. They didn't have records. They didn't even have musical notation. Musical notation didn't get invented until the 11th century by an Italian, yeah. Guido of Arezzo, right? Yeah. He's one of your brothers. The OG. Yeah, oh, the yeah. OG Guido. OG, Guido. The original Guido. Yeah. <laughs> so we, did, we did a show on him. We, yeah, we mm -hmm. talked about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but he that was when music notation. So you didn't have a way to write down what the melody was, what instruments. But archaeologists... And um, scholars can kind of reconstruct it based on both artwork around, because there's no artwork of Hebrews and Israelites writing music because they or playing music even because you couldn't have right. physical descriptions. You know, you didn't have artwork of people. But if you look at around, you'd see that they had drums, they had lyres, they had um, flutes and trumpets, uh, cymbals. Those mm -hmm. are the kinds of things that there, there were referenced in Scripture. So you can get an idea of what it would have sounded like. Mm -hmm. Getting the exact melody, you know, you always see people saying, oh, I found the secret melody of, you know, Psalm 129. You know, it's always the secret chord that David played to please the Lord. They always, everyone's like, oh, I found it. No one knows. And if they tell you they know, they don't. But there has been some kind of archaeological recreations of what the instrumentation would have sounded like. These are not representative of actual, you know, lyrics, melodies, or whatever. But it's a guess. But, yeah, it's a guess. But here, let me play this just so you can hear it. So this is called The Lyre of Megiddo. And this would have been using ancient instruments and ancient melodies. PeterPringle.com. Yeah, shout out Peter Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He played one note, you were all in. <laughs> I'm already, I'm soothed right now. Soothed, yeah. Mm. You're like Saul. Saul's like, this is a banger. I'm chill now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a banger, bro. I've been praying my psalms wrong, man. Man, oh man, I love this. Yeah. Hmm. Somewhat what it would have mm. sounded like for some songs, other songs would have been flutes mm -hmm. or whatever. But that scale, whenever you hear that Middle Eastern, that mm -hmm. ancient sounding mm. scale, it's called Phrygian dominant. Mm. And it's a particular music scale. Um, it's when you hear that, you know that sound. And that would have been a pretty common scale they would have used in those mm -hmm. times. So, do we know what it sounds like? No, but guessing it would have sounded something like that with some singing over it. Mm. So. I'm like asked, filled yeah. with peace right now. Yeah, it's nice. I love that. Well, Peter Pringle nice. will do that to a man. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> he rages on that heart, bro. Yeah, Peter Pringle, man. I just book him at the St. Augustine uh, Amphitheater. Yo, Nakati, you ready to rock, though? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that, that's a little bit of a background <laughs> of the Psalms. <laughs> 
Peter Pringle, Mr. Studio Girl with his harp, dude. <laughs> Peter Pringle, he's still single. Let's go. Oh, Peter Pringle, he's still single. Oh. What a somebody come give me a call. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what kinds of psalms were there? There's so we talked about the the grouping, right? You mm-hmm. know, five major groupings, but there was a, a few different types of psalms, right? Different moods, and why would you sing a song? So ones addressed to God in praise. Uh, a lot of them describing suffering, right? Kind of, kind of your dirges and your downers, right? Your um, hey, woe to me type songs. Uh, <laughs> cursing the party responsible for suffering. So you got your you got your rap battle songs. There's right? so much <laughs> rap battle. Yeah, that, that, true, that, that's your diss tracks. You're yeah. like, this Philistine was up in my business, and now what's up, right? And, and you, like you, when you go through the psalms, you know it's like enemy, 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 <laughs> enemy, enemy. You know, it's like Eminem just talking about all the people out to get him nonstop, yeah. right? Or like... The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's so cool about this is like, if you if you read these different types and we're not done sharing yeah, all yeah. of them, but like I mean, we can all effectively say that this is this is ways that we've approached God mm-hmm. in prayer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So um, claiming your innocence, right? Kind mm-hmm. of saying, look, why is this stuff happening to me? You know, so kind of country music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you know, my yeah. car got broke, my dog got stolen. Mm-hmm. Why why is it happening mm-hmm. to me? Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah the, the innocent river. innocent <laughs> suffering, like the yeah. injustices of life, mm-hmm. is covered. But then also the admission of guilt and fault is mm-hmm. is you know certainly in respect to David's yep. psalms. So songs of thanksgiving. So just saying, hey, things worked out pretty good. Those mm-hmm. are your those are your happy songs. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are your feel good summer hits. Right. Mm-hmm. And a, and a petition for God's assistance. Yeah. Like how we begin the liturgy of the hours. Oh God, come to my assistance. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. You know that petition of God's help, the immediacy of His help is rooted in the in the practice of um, praying the Psalms. And then you'd have ones that were maybe a little bit more specifically t- liturgical or ecclesiastical, right? Mm-hmm. Like really meant for the temple, for specific functions, or for royal. So look, if the, if the king is coming into the temple, this is the kind of stuff you'd play. So you have some of your, um, I would guess you would say your, your core songs, right? So coronations, marriages, battles, mm-hmm. you have those things that are played. And we and that's the same stuff that we have now, mm-hmm. right? We have those songs that, you know, you have Hail to the Chief and you have the Wedding March. You hear mm-hmm. them, you're like, oh, that's a wedding song. That's a, They would have had the same thing back then too. Mm-hmm. So not much changes, you know. The song remains the same, I think, is, you, yeah. know, you know, back then to <laughs> mm-hmm. here, it's the same thing. So, mm-hmm. so how do we use psalms now <clears throat> today, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, in Mass, we have a psalm. And and I, I think a lot of times it gets kind of you you skip past it that you're really praying and singing the psalms at mass because the response of the the response to the psalm will be and they're like okay what is it what is it and you're like trying to remember what the mm-hmm. response is going to mm-hmm. be but the, the I, to contemplate that every single mass has the psalms I think shows the importance of how integral this book of the Bible is to our faith I, w- I want you to think about too like years ago when we didn't have 
Spotify or, you know, Apple iTunes or we weren't surrounded by, you know, social media and these pockets of time that were just filling with all these distractions, you know, you would have remembered the responsorial psalm. Like you would have you would have kind of had more of a memory bank to to keep that as your mantra. Now that mantra that we're trying to set into motion liturgically should be remaining in the brain, but it's so challenging because of how fast-paced our, our world is right now. In, in fairness, the there's ones where it's like, the Lord is my refuge, and he quenches me with the rivers of Sion. You're like, okay, that's a bit much. If, it's too, too, too long. That's too right? long. Give me something like, simple. As a response, like, hallelujah, cool, I can handle that. But like, you know, between the rivers, you know, the Lord quenches me with his thirst for justice. Like, that's hard for anyone, right? You know, it's early in the morning. Your kids are giving you crap. You probably had a few, you know, three or four beers the night before. And now you got to remember this mini poem in the context of the mass. Sorry. I that, think, that's a personal thing yeah, for you me. Still, you got a lot bent up, bent up uh, feelings I'm hurt inside, okay? Yeah, I do also you need think to pray that the, psalms. the musical expression uh, for that is also important. I think yes. a lot of times, you know, you just got somebody up there just hitting the hitting the notes and then you've also got more accompaniment mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, I went to some church in Houston, St. Michael's, I think in the Galleria and this lady who had this operatic voice, right, was singing the Psalms and it really hit me hard. Mm -hmm. Like the, the prayer was really brought out mm -hmm. to me a lot, a lot more than, you know, going to mass at my church. And for, for me, you know, like hearing an anointed voice that's also prayerful, like Gracie's voice, like yeah. listening to Gracie pray the Psalms at mass, mm. she's praying true. it from her heart. It's Very not true. like a, yeah. it's not a performance, yeah. right? And, you know, I was in Del Rey years ago and they had this, you know, they hired this opera singer to sing as a cantor. And it was more about the notation and the vibrato than Right. anything that yeah. was spiritual, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it could be moving and be like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. What a beautiful voice you have. Right. But like, no, this the Psalms are supposed to be sung congregationally. Yeah. We should respond and acclaim. Mm -hmm. And when you think about how um, the latter part of the book of Psalms is you, you always find the hallelujah. You always find this command, which means like praise God, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's in the form of uh, a command. It's like, you know... This is your opportunity, right? You're at this liturgy. You're praying in the church. This is your opportunity to praise God and and express that from from your heart. So yeah, there's a really distinct difference when you find a cantor that is truly, you know, called praying. by God to yeah. uh, to sing. It's beautiful. So one an interesting thing, you know, being down here in the diocese of Saint Augustine is that he 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 had this really when I was researching for this, he had this really interesting comment. On it, and let me see if I can Peter find Pringle? it. No, not Peter Pringle. <laughs> so, well, if, uh, I have one up too. Saint Augustine taught that if the Psalms praise, pray; mm -hmm. if it laments, lament; if it rejoices, rejoice. You know, and and lean into the music. Yeah. What what I like about that too is, and it's what I mentioned before. Whatever it is that I'm suffering at heart, if I'm searching through the Psalms or I'm praying my liturgy of the hours, you better believe that God gives me the words through the scriptures that I can express myself and then find consolation mm -hmm. and peace. Yeah, there's there's playlists in there mm -hmm. for whatever mood you got going on. No doubt. You know? um, so, mixtape. Yeah, it's a mixtape. Now, why are they in the order that they're in? I think this is what I wanted to get to. St. Augustine said something. So a lot of people looking at the Book of Psalms will say, look, there's an obvious order. There's a meaning to why they're here. Like, 
you know, it's lost on us now, right? But if you were to say, like, look at your, you know, your phone and you see a mixtape and you say, okay, this song plays into this one, and maybe it's an autobiographical reference or, hey, I remembered this song and then I heard this one, right? There's a, there's a rhythm to it. Or even on, like, an album. No, no, Sgt. Pepper's. One song plays into another for a reason. Uh, and all scholars believe that the Book of Psalms was written in order and collected in a reason, uh, a meta narrative. And St. Augustine the Hippo said, the sequence of the Psalms seems to me to contain the secret of a mighty mystery, but its meaning has never been revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And that's on one of his um, one of his narratives on the Psalms. But I just think that's so cool that there's mm-hmm. some in the flow of how they're written. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a hidden meaning. And you're talking about how there's like there's so many different meanings in there. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a, like they said, like a narrative and how these flow that no one really is sure why it's there, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think you can fundamentally feel it. Yeah, you know this this begs the the story, um, and I think I've shared it on the um, the the podcast before. But Psalm 88, prayer in great distress. I was in a maximum security prison working with these kids in the juvenile, you know, uh, center in Palm Beach County. And, you know, I remember, you know, going there and I, all I could do is just, you know, love these kids. That's what I heard from God, like love, love these kids. I didn't know what to do. And I just started opening up the Bible and we just had conversation. It turned into the whole wing would come to my services every week and when I came to Psalm 88, I remember lifting up my voice and saying this with such gusto, like, Yahweh, God of my salvation, when I cry out to you in the night, may my prayer reach your presence. Hear my cry for help, for I am filled with misery. My life is on the brink of Sheol. Already numbered among those who sink into oblivion, I am as one bereft of strength, left alone among the dead like the slaughtered lying in the grave whom you remember no more, cut off as they are from your protection. You have plunged me into the bottom of the grave, into the darkness, into the depths, weighted down by your anger, kept low by your waves. You have deprived me of my friends, made me repulsive to them, imprisoned with no escape. My Mm. eyes are worn out with suffering. I call to you, God, all day. I stretch out my hands to you. Do you work your wonders for the dead? Can shadows rise up to praise you? Do they speak in the grave of your faithful love, of your constancy in the place of perdition? Are your wonders known in the darkness? You're saving justice in the land of oblivion. But for my part, I cry to you, Yahweh. Every morning my prayer comes before you. Why, Yahweh, do you rebuff me? Turn your face away from me. Wretched and close to death since my childhood, I have borne your terrors, I am finished. Your anger has overwhelmed me, your terrors annihilated me. They flood around me all the day long, close in on me all at once. You have deprived me of friends and companions and all that I know is the dark. And the way that these guys universally responded to this psalm was one of the most powerful witnesses of what the psalms accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. It, where is God? Well, God is there existentially, theologically, philosophically. We could draw conclusions. We could come up with logical arguments. God is, God is there. But why am I going through this? Mm-hmm. You know, I need to express myself. It's like what, uh, what Monsignor um, Mike Moore sh- shared with you many years ago. It's like, bring your, bring your worst to God. You know, yell, express yourself from, from the core of like, this is, this is dark. I don't know where you are. This helps you express we know God is there. We know that God is not, you know, the cause of these realities that we face. Yeah. 
That's another, there's another one like that. It's the De Profundis, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, Psalm 129 or 130, depending on how you number it, which we'll get into. But that one begins, out of the depths I have cried to thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Out of the depths I have cried to you. I mean, these are... I don't know, these are King David's emo period, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are these are like some really dark, serious things. And the, like you don't think of the Bible having this kind of depth and color yeah. to it. A lot of times it's like, well, then the Amalekites came here and then this and this happened and then whatever. You know, it's kind of like a more terse narrative. <clears throat> but these are these are poetic, these mm -hmm. are song lyrics, they're yeah. and they're just as relevant now as they were in in the Iron Age or or the you know, whenever they were written way back when. Because people's emotions, their abandonment, their feelings of joy, exaltation, all these human emotions are always going to be there. They're because they're human emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's but it's so, almost like they they actually illustrate something in your soul that you're you're almost incapable of of understanding yourself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you're binding yourself to this this beautiful word, right? Th mm -hmm. These words that help you find a way to, to bring this into prayer, right? Mm -hmm. To convert your heart and what's going on into it to the Lord, even in its worst times. And going back to the context of <clears throat> the Psalms and some of them, it's, you know, Israel was, uh, you know, blasphemous and then they were, they were separated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if you understand all this, you can, you can kind of see this illustration of like, when we're, when we do that, when we, when we offend God, Right, we, we get scattered in our heart. I, I think that's a perfect segue to jump into, you know, some some psalms, you know, like yeah. it's it's already moving us as we're kind of sharing some psalms that are outstanding. I know for me, you know, the initial several psalms really speak to me. Psalm 1 is is constantly where I, I go, um, you know, the paths. Wow, look, okay. look at how much writing you got on your psalm oh, book there. Oh, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love the book of psalms. I, yeah. This is like my my foundation, my my pr my principle and my foundation is right here. And even praying with this through, um, you know, the application of senses, imaginative prayer, placing myself in a setting, uh, Ignatian style prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, I always always receive so much from the Book of Psalms, and we have a really cool uh, some cool insights too, just on popular psalms that, That's right. that people uh, go to. So I found basically a thing that looked at Twitter and social mm -hmm. media and said, what are the most reshared psalms, right? Um, you know, you take the really popular Bible platforms and they have like the tweet button, you click it, or the X button now, and it, it puts it out there. So they said that, okay, well, what are the psalms that are most resonating with people? So we went and we picked a selection of those. So uh, I think this is a really obvious one. And as soon as you hear it, you'll be like, of course, this is probably number one, which is Psalm 23. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall lack. In green pastures, he makes me lay down. To still waters, he leads me. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for the sake of his name. I mean, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel, fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. I mean, this is mm -hmm. the uh, everyone knows this one because I think everyone fundamentally, and I think this is, is, what we're called for is to be able to lie down in peace and comfort with God. That is our end goal. That is our ontological purpose mm -hmm. is to be in peace and security with God. So I think it's obvious that that's why it's number one. Praying this psalm in the commendation rituals of the church and being with those who are preparing for death, this offers so much consolation. And so often people have this memorized. Mm -hmm. And as I'm, as I'm praying it and as I'm proclaiming Psalm 23, in the context of the liturgies related to, uh, you know, those who are preparing for death, 
when you see people crying and, and crying out from that place of grief, uh, the consolation that God provides in this, yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. You know, I fear no evil. Like the shepherd, the, the God is a shepherd of my soul and the soul of this person that I love, you know, um, it's, it, it, it it's, is. It's I, also I, like a surrender prayer too. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, uh, I, I don't fear like what is, mm-hmm. you know, surrendering to God is, is, is essentially synonymous with removing fear in your mm-hmm. life. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good insight. That's a great way to put it. So uh, the second one, or the next one, I think it's really similar. And, and a lot of these seem to come from that first mm. break of the Bible, uh, of the book of Psalms, that first one through 42. So I think that was kind of like, I don't know, the Psalms A-list, right? That's its greatest hiss, right? But uh, <laughs> That's the intro. Yeah, so Psalm 27, which is, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The mm. Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers come at me to devour my flesh... These my enemies and foes themselves stumble and fall. Though an enemy encamp against me, my heart does not fear. Though war be waged against me, even then do I trust. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the Lord's house all the days of my life, to gaze on the Lord's beauty, to visit his temple. For God will hide me in his shelter in times of trouble. He will conceal me in the cover of his tent and set me high upon the rock. Mm. Even now my head is held up high. So, I mean, again... It's, it speaks to that longing of abandonment, of surrender, of security, of peace, of knowing that you got enemies, but you've got someone taking care of it. It's it's really is. It's a desire to return to the peace of childhood. That could not be more perfect of a psalm, <laughs> prefaced by what you said, because mm-hmm. you know the titling of it. In God's company, there is no fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's perfect. I'm curious. Is Psalm 37? In there? In Psalm the- 37. Let's look at our list. Probably has something to do with fear. <laughs> it's kind of a <laughs> running theme well, here. No, this Recurring is a, theme. So this is a pretty cool one. And and I'm looking at it on the USCCB's website mm-hmm. and how it's broken off. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Daleth, Hey, right? Which are the ancient alphabet. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what is this, like an alphabet song? So yeah, here it is. What, is you, what do you think about this well, one? Well, this one always speaks to my heart. And, and this is, uh, my, my version is the New Jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, translation, which I love. Uh, do not get heated about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Quick as the grass they wither, fading like the green of the fields. Put your trust in Yahweh and do right. Make your home in the land and live secure. Make Yahweh your joy. And he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your destiny to Yahweh. Be confident in him and he will act. It's just like it, it, it centers me. You know, like I have, I have all these things underlined in, in my Bible. We encourage you to like, you know, underline. And we want to hear from you. This is one of my favorite Psalms um, because it just helps me, again, what you were sh- sharing before, Delacross, surrender. Like I'm going to surrender my life and and my destiny and and everything that I I long for mm-hmm. to God because God is a provident Father who's going to provide like yeah. and He wants to fulfill my heart. I'm in this world not because out of my own generative power. I'm I'm in this world because of His generative power, mm-hmm. and I want to participate in it because He's placed in me this longing, this 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 cry, and only He fulfills it. So I just I love I love this. And what gets in the way of that? Yeah, when people piss me off. <laughs> Don't piss me off. My enemies, you know, like the, the people that they that that attack me or whatever. It's like 
I get I get heated, you know. Well, yeah. don't get heated. Don't get heated about the wicked. Don't get heated when somebody does you wrong or cut you off or whatever, you know. Yeah, when I when I see this one in uh, the the NABRE, it says, "Do not be provoked, mm-hmm. right? Do not mm-hmm. do not." So it's basically like ign- ignore your haters, yeah. right? You know. Yeah. Don't haters like gonna hate. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, the no. the the mental exercise of recentering uh-huh. in in your brain to yeah. the the love of God in your life and making that a pro- reprioritizing, mm-hmm. right? That's that's how scripture kind of helps us to reprioritize our lives and our thoughts and our mind and 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 put them into God's hands for sure. Know? So I think you guys will recognize this one. Um, and this one, it was a banger back in the day in the Old Testament. It's, and it's a banger, Peter Pringle. <laughs> and it's a banger right now, right? And once you hear it, you'll recognize it. Because most people probably won't be able to place it as one of the Psalms. But when they hear it, they'll immediately recognize it. And that's Psalm 91. <clears throat> Do you want to read that one? From from here? Yeah, or where, the, wherever yeah. you want. Okay. Um, you who live in the secret place of Eleon. Spend your nights in the shelter of Shaddai, saying to <laughs> Yahweh, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Now, let me go to the USCCB translation. You who dwell in, in the, the shelter of the Lord, who abide in the shadow of my... Bust out that flute, yo. <laughs> Jazz flute. <laughs> yeah, so this is on Eagle's Wing, Psalm 91. Uh, one of our favorite songs. He will shelter you with his pinions, and under his wings you will take refuge. His faithfulness is a protecting shield. You shall not tear, fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that roams in the darkness, nor the plague that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, near it you shall not come. You need simply watch the punishment of the wicked, and you will see. So that's the uh, night prayer psalm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For for the 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 breviary. Yep, Psalm ninety one. So that's mm-hmm. a, Psalm ninety one is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a little bit underrated by association. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> by bad music. <laughs> no Peter Pringle there. See, you know, I long for the day where they find some ancient scroll or tablet and it's got some <laughs> crazy musical notation and they like they're like get, they bust out the flute and the lyre. They're like, all right, let's recreate this. Peter Pringle gets hired and all of a sudden it's like. Wait a second. On Eagle's Wing has been the same for 4,000 years. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I mentioned the other, this one before, the, the De Profundis. Uh, that's a big one during Lent, right? Um, what does Profundis mean? From the God depths. Profound? From profound? the depths. Yeah. yeah. Profound. Out of the depths I call to Profundity. you, Lord. Lord, hear my cry. May your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, keep account of sins, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness, and so you are revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and I hope for his word. My soul looks for the Lord. More than sentinels for daybreak, more than sentinels for daybreak, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is mercy, with him is plenteous redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all of its sins. That's that's a big one during Lent. Uh, during, yeah. In the traditional Latin mass liturgies, that's a really big one as well. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, in the Vulgate, that would have been 129. In the USCCB, it's 130, right? So why is there a difference? Well, there was no books, numbers, or anything right. like that until, you know, six, 700 years ago. Uh, so they didn't really know how to break them up in between. And sometimes two back-to-back psalms seemed so similar. So in particular, Psalms mm-hmm. 9 and 10. They're, they're really similar. So are they two songs or one, right? So are they one chapter or two? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you have nine and 10 combined into nine, well, that sets your numbering back. So one, 
130 becomes 129, et cetera. So there's kind of two schools of thought, which is the Septuagint the Greek, numbering, yeah. the Greek, which would be like the Eastern one and the more yeah. traditional Latin one, which would get you 129. And then you have the Hebrew, or I think it's called the Masoretic text, which would get you the tr the numbering that the Protestants yeah. use, and they get you one, ultimately rest you at 130. But yeah. that's the difference there. Which one are you looking at here? I'm looking at Psalm 137. That's on the list, too. Is that's it a really? Big one. Yeah. Oh, wow. What is it? So what does it say about this one? It doesn't say anything. It just lists them. Oh, really? It's like what, more top of a popular top. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept at the memory of Zion. On the poplars there, we had hung up our harps. For there our, goalers, our galers had asked us to sing them a song, our captors to make merry. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing a song of Yahweh on alien soil? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand wither. May my tongue remain stuck to my palate. If I do not keep you in mind, if I do not count Jerusalem the greatest of my joys, remember Yahweh to the Edomites, cost of the day of Jerusalem, how they said, down with it, raz it to the ground, daughter of Babel, doomed to destruction, a blessing on anyone who treats you as you treated us, a blessing on anyone who seizes your babies and shatters them against a rock. Mm. It's just like, you know, grueling, yeah, grueling. But this is, you know, this is uh, a psalm that recalls the fall of Jerusalem in 587 and the Babylon exile, Babylonian exile, and and mm. this really expresses the uh, when we are in the depths of distress and violence, and you know, when we're in the cause of like war, in mm. the middle of this type of pain. You know, the the heart turns to uh, murder, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 death, and and, and you know, uh, wishing these kinds of of things of the heart. And uh, but it's it's sobering to think that if these are prayers and petitions to God, you know, how does God respond? Well, He sent His Son Jesus into the world. Yeah, you know, as the most definitive fulfillment of you know subjecting himself even to the weight of the cross and to death itself. Yeah, and you can see what's lost, too. Like, a lot of contrition comes from, you know, in our own sinfulness, that we, we, we've, we feel like we've lost something, and we go back for confession. I could just see these guys just going, we had mm -hmm. this amazing house of God, and we sinned, and now, you know, they the, the militaries, they take them and put them into different places. They scatter them, the yeah. diaspora. Mm -hmm. Right. And to, to have that sense of not living in that community, to have that taken from yeah. you, mm -hmm. just the pain and the suffering of that joy mm -hmm. being lost. Yeah. You know, it just comes out of that. Yeah. And then the anger and then the anger, mm -hmm. the ensuing yeah. anger. But, you know, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I see yeah. that. Yeah. So in the New Testament, there's only one time where it mentions Jesus himself singing. And I think that's really kind of cool. But Jesus himself would have sang and it would have been. The Psalms. So mm -hmm. if you look at uh, Matthew 26, right, this is the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. And it says, this, basically, he's, it's the institution of the Eucharist. And then afterwards, then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. So that's the institution of the Eucharist. Then Jesus and the apostles sing, and then they go to the agony in the garden. What would have Jesus and the apostles saying in that moment, mm -hmm. right, according to ancient Jewish traditions and customs. Uh, from what I've read, it would have been Psalm 116. So 
if we look at the Bible and do a little inference, we know that for certain, or very likely, this is something Jesus himself would have sang, and likely the last song he would have sang before his mm. crucifixion. Mm. So Psalm 116, I love the Lord who listened to my voice in supplication, who turned an ear to me on the day I called. I was caught by the cords of death. The snares of Sheol had seized me. I felt agony and dread. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. I was helpless, but he saved me. Return my soul to your rest. The Lord has been very good to you. For my soul has been freed from death, my ears from tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept faith even when I said I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all the good done to me? I will raise the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Mm. Dear in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his devoted. Mm. Lord, I am your servant, your servant, the child of your maidservant. You would loosen my bonds. I will offer a sacrifice of praise and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Mm. That's pretty, yeah, yeah those, those seem to fit the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just like the raise the chalice, you yeah. know, let this let this cup pass from me. The son like, of your of your maidservant. Monday, Thursday, like, you know, the fact that this is this is happening before he enters into the agony of the garden and, you know, his darkest moments of why have you forsaken me? Yeah. You know, when you pair this with that, you start looking at the passion of Christ even more differently. Yeah. What a perfect, what a perfect psalm. We're so glad that we're, you know, drawing up this psalm as, as you know, the heights of our expression of the psalms that we're looking at. Mm. Um, why not, you know, see that Jesus sang this hymn and how we need to sing these hymns too when we're faced with, uh, you know, the providence of fulfilling God's will that's before us. Yeah. So I think this this whole episode has been really a great way to look at, I think at times maybe an overlooked book of the Bible because the Psalms can be just like, hey, it's a bunch of blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, 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 blahs, right? And there's no narrative. There's no story. But the Psalms are so, so important. Now, one way, if and you practical want, too. And practical and, and, and impactful in our prayer lives and in the history of the church. I yeah. Mean, and the way we think and pray. And so everything. we do. We want to encourage each of you out there to approach the Bible in a very practical way. Sometimes it's daunting or intimidating, but the Psalms are a great way to enter into that scriptural prayer that we all want to put into practice in our life. And it's very, very fruitful when you could express no matter what emotion you're facing or what circumstances, God has addressed it down to the very sense of being in war and being, you know, taken away from your homeland, taken away from all of your possessions. Like no matter what you face in this life, God has provided a resource at your fingertips to be able to pray through it, receive consolation and hope and return to a God who is provident, who will provide. And, you know, thinking of practical ways, you know, the Psalms are practical prayers, but a practical way to pray, you know, I think Hallow is a, is a great way and a resource on your phone at your fingertips to access the Psalms and all all of the great library of resources in the Catholic faith. Yeah, sometimes you need a little bit of a, a boost, a little bit of a guide to walk you through prayer, to help you, and everybody's used to clicking buttons, and mm -hmm. they've got 
you know, all these prayers in there that help you and guide you into a deep communion with God, no matter what your circumstances are. That's what makes Hallow such a great app. And it's grown into this massive community of people praying billions of prayers, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to the people over at Hallow the other day, and they had started out with about eight people. They're now at like 100 people working over there yeah. because of the demand, because people are hungering for prayer in the modern world, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Technology has a way of obfuscating and, and removing our need for prayer because it fills you up with everything else, you know, intellectual and technological junk food for the soul. But Hollow is going in there and giving you a way to use the technology in a, in a really beneficial way. Uh, one of the things, you know, we talked about music this whole episode. They've got great music resources in there. They have chant music. They have meditation music. They have music to help you fall asleep. They have the Psalms. They have reflections on the Psalms in there. But then they have all kinds of things like they have the Bible in the year and catechism in the year with Father Mike Schmitz. They have spiritual exercise. I mean, like, it's just like a massive, you have the the ability to literally go on a retreat with this Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just amazing. Bishop Barron explaining scripture. They've got Dr. Scott Hahn explaining scripture. They've got, you know, Father Josh Jackson Jackson and Sister Miriam. They've got all these really great Catholic leaders in here so that it's accessible that you so that you could pray with and besides people who really kind of know how to pray well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, you could try it out 100% free. It, the Psalms are intended in the practice of our faith as a congregational communal effort and response to God. And like you said, with hollow, you have billions of prayers and the solidarity. You could set up prayer groups, like all of those types of things that you do with your family, with the Lexio Divina and preparing mm-hmm. for mass is great. And, you know, that congregational communal, that's, that's where we thrive as people. And as men, you know, I always look forward to coming together to pray together, to celebrate mass and to really talk about our faith. I really enjoy our fellowship and, you know, the brotherhood aspect of this, you know, our, our partners at Exodus do a tremendous job. It is so alive in my parish. There are so many groups that have gone through Exodus 90 or other subsequent programming that Exodus has put together because men need to thrive and pray together. Mm-hmm. And that strength that's drawn up in that communal worship of God really returns to the family with great power. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I like about Exodus is it takes your faith to a different level where you're practicing, you know, austere measures in your life that seemingly would not bring joy, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, giving up hot showers and, you know, social media and, entertainment, yeah. like all these things that you feel like you're taking away, but in doing so you're, you're getting so mm-hmm. much more, you're detaching yourself from something that's distracting you from the real purpose mm-hmm. in your life. So it's a great way to reset. I think we talk about those little electric cars when they used to go around when we were little you know, yeah. and they'd hit that little metal thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it just get it right, you yeah. know, and start mm-hmm. coming back around again. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. So like Exodus works on three pillars, which is prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. And I think you can find all of those things in the Psalms, right? Uh, asceticism. I mean, monasticism and asceticism, their root is in the Psalms and praying the 150 Psalms. That is the root of the monastic tradition in the West and in the East. And that's because it's a form of prayer, a structured form of prayer, which Exodus really encourages. And then fraternity in that brotherhood of having men who will help iron sharpen iron Mm. so that you can become the kind of man that God and the church need in today's age so that you can protect your family, your culture, and your identity as Christian Mm -hmm. men. 
Uh, so if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Exodus, you can download the app and see if it's right for you. And they have a lot of things, not just Exodus 90, the 90-day thing, which this year begins on January 1st, which is a great way to line up with your yeah, New, New Year's, Year's resolutions, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you can go through the whole cold showers, only listening to liturgical music for 90 days. Jump right in. (laughs) And a hard reset. Or you can find some other things, other programs they have on there that like spiritual warfare with St. Michael or um, talking about, you know, exorcism, exorcism, spiritual battle. Exodus 90 is equipping men to be prayer warriors in the modern world, so check it out. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the asceticism that that you guys are talking about as, as one of the pillars and, and what you were sharing, Delacrosse, what I was talking about earlier in the day, like there's so many distractions, you know, and we need to, we need to empty ourselves out of all of these distractions so that we can become more full of that communal capacity that we have as creating the image and likeness of God, we are truly upheld and uplifted in spirit when we're communing with God and one another and what great partners we have in Hallow and Exodus. And we encourage you to check them out today. So go to those sites at, you know, catholictalkshow.com forward slash Exodus or Hallow and, uh, you know, try it out because if, you, if you're still out there and you haven't done it, you know, you have nothing to lose. In the same way, praying with the Psalms each and every day. Make it, make it a point that you open up the Psalms and make it a daily practice. It will enrich your spiritual life. And man, do we need more God in our life and in society. I I am just so grateful, guys, to just stop and talk about the Psalms today. This is really one of my favorite Mm -hmm. shows that we've we've had. And what a blessing to have partners like Hallow and Exodus that really establish a good practice of prayer and the convenience of an application. But we want to encourage you out there to pray the Psalms. Make this a part of your daily devotional life. You know, praying with scripture is really the foundation of you growing in your knowledge of God and what you're going through and enduring each day. And, you know, before we go our separate ways, we want to give a shout out to our patrons. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to do this work. So if you're considering becoming a patron and supporting the show financially, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon, and you'll see all of the tears and the cool swag we want to send you to say thank you. Now, what a perfect way to say thank you to God, because God is the one who has brought all of this together. And a great way to do that is Psalm 28. Yahweh is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts. I have been helped. My body has recovered its vigor. With all my heart, I thank him. Let's be thankful to God today, and we'll see you next week.